Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I don't know if I ever told you, but I'm not necessarily a TV watcher. But I do find that the things that I deem entertaining has to have some type of inspirational something behind it. Like I like watching track and field and highlights and stuff from track and field, the Olympics, basketball, the, anything that allows me to see someone press forward to a mark, uh, something that I can cheer for someone on, to learn someone's backstory, because I love when the commentators are like, he's doing pretty good with that ankle, you know, since he had those particular injuries and he was out for whatever seasons, he's came out and he's done a remarkable blah, blah, blah. So anything that allows me to see a story in motion appeals to me so much because I feel like and I'm a fond believer that you can learn from anyone's life you can learn from anyone if you're paying close enough attention and so I think one of the wisest things that anyone could ever do is get the lesson that someone had to painfully go through and I essentially term that as I want your wisdom without your wound I would love to learn how to go ahead and manage money from somebody who fumbled the bag uh, multiple times and then was like, okay, now I got it, Dave Ramsey. That's the only reason why I listened to him. Because if you was able to fumble it twice and come back even stronger and then sustain that, yeah, you somebody I want to listen to. I want to listen to someone who actually has the physique that looks like mine to tell me how to go ahead and get this particular result. I want the person that actually had some of the same variables that I have had and uh, probably even worse and still came on top because then it makes me feel like, yo, absolutely not. I have no excuse. If you were able to do it with four kids and I could do it with two, if you were able to do it with your family not being here naturally from another country, and you came over here and you knocked out the park, there's no excuse. And so there's something about watching that story untold without ever having to put my ear to, the, you know, to someone's story close enough that I have to know you. I don't have to know you in order to be able to get the lessons that God so effortlessly allowed your, sto- your life to tell. Everyone's life is telling a story, dead or alive. Everyone's life is telling a story, and I just so happen to be one of the few grandbabies that uh, I'm plugged to the particular TV and channel of their lives to pay attention enough to get the gym. And so when I'm watching things like Married at First Sight, you, it is amazing to watch people literally go from being excited and I've always wanted this and I've been dreaming about being married for since whatever the age is and you know I'm, I'm prepared I'm ready and what I know about married at first sight they go through a lengthy process like they vet them people for real for real they go through finances they go through relationships they look at almost like a psycho analysis I'm not even sure but I know that it's not something that you go ahead it's not like getting applied for or approved for a credit card yeah it's a lengthy process and to keep that same tenacity to keep that intensity the same to feel like I don't care what it takes I'm a trustee's expert to put me with someone that you know what I'm just believing that God has for me and then you go ahead and then you get with that person and then within a week or so you're like "Mm, I don't think I want to do this and so that got my attention I was like time out how could you have gone through such a process how could you have gone through such an an intense the average person is not 
not meeting someone this way. So you have to have a certain mindset, a certain level of faith, a certain something to say, I'm going to do this because this is what I believe is best for me. And then within a matter of eight weeks or less, your whole mindset changed all of a sudden. What happened? What happened that celebrities such as Cardi B is like, yo, fame is not it. I I actually heard her say that she feels like she was cursed with fame. Then I was looking at some other things in interviews, um, particularly Sydney McLaughlin. She's a dope track and field, like a two-time or whatever time Olympian. And she was making a video in a car and was crying saying that, you know, she didn't want the fame, she didn't want all that, and, you know, she's not respected because of how she looks and how many followers she has, and she was just essentially being very emotional behind the fact that, yo, I wanted the Olympic part, I wanted to soar, I definitely didn't want the parts that come along with it that's not favorable. And so what that made me realize is I don't think people really understand the nature of praying or the foundation of what they're praying for. I literally have been a student to why are so many people receiving what it is that they prayed for, but yet when they get to that particular thing, when they ascertain a particular item, then whatever reason they buckle at the knees. You should see how excited those people are when married first sight, when one of the experts are like, listen, you're getting matched and you're getting married in two weeks. It's like, oh my gosh, there's crying, there's all this, let's champagne there's all the things but then when you get in it you're like oh did I pray for this sounding very much like a spiritual Urkel (laughs) did I pray for this (laughs) that's what it seems like and so I was like time out I remember even Cardi B the deaconess herself said drop down pray for this You understand? Like, that's what you said when you said you live in your best life. I'm living my best life. I made a couple ends on my breath. Like, you understand? And so it's like, so what happened? What happened from the person that actually was praying these things and versus the person that received it? And now you're like, oh my gosh. And I'll tell you where this came from. I had to make up some type of, or get some kind of clarity as to what mindset and perspective do I need to embody to make sure that for the rest of my life, I'm just not dissatisfied, frustrated, E or the above, because I'm always looking at where I'm at, like it's not enough. And then I'm looking in the future, like, okay, I'm not there yet. And so there has to be something in between that kind of makes you or afford you the life of just joy, peace, and everything else that I've been pretty much saying for the last couple of conversations we've been having. And what got my attention is I don't think that people understand that receiving the blessing is not coasting. I think that people believe, okay, I have a seed, an idea, a heart's desire. I'm going to go ahead and do the work for that, meaning I'm going to pursue, I'm going to do the things that would equate for me getting that. And then when I receive the blessing, take a deep breath, exhale, because, oh, this is beautiful. It's almost like a tropical paradise every day. Bang! Wrong. Absolutely not. And I wish that I can, like, take whatever the person is, because in New York, they had the lottery person that will like 
tap the mic and be like, is this thing on? The New York State Lottery is. I wish that I can take that particular microphone, that particular foundation that he had, and do it globally and let people know you got prayer twisted. You think that once you pray for something and you receive something that everything else around you that you were praying will go away dissipates. We need a new mindset when it comes to prayer. Prayer, prayer, prayer. <laughs> the new mind state is as such. You pray for something. You then ask God for the wisdom that it's going to take to sustain your blessing. And then you get ready to work once you receive it. Uh, DJ Scratch, wait a minute. What you mean? I, I got to work once I, yes. So many people are praying to be a wife and you just, God, I'm believing in you that it's going, I'm going to get a Boaz and he's going to be a good man and he's going to have a good job and he going to, yes, I'm doing my lips like Shanae and he's going to be, oh my goodness, he's going to be everything like I don't even understand. Like I'm talking about he's going to save. And you don't realize that, okay, pray for that. But now the man that God has for you, you need to go ahead and ask God to discern what things do you need to work on within you to make that covenant work. Because baby, let me explain something to you. It's way more than getting a pretty ring. It's way more than doing a selfie of, I said, yes. It's way more than going ahead and putting colors together as to how big or small or intimate you would like your wedding to be. The work starts once you actually are married. Everything before then was, uh... Uh, window shopping. Yeah, you were window shopping for the dating scene. You were window shopping when you actually were dating and courting. You were window shopping. You don't actually uh, have to work until you actually get the ownership of the store. Then you're like, oh, yeah, you're outside the store this whole entire time. But now that you have the responsibility of maintaining this, oh, it's different. No, no, no. You have to continuously do what you did at the altar the first time. You have to continuously unveil to someone good, bad, ugly, and different. You have to constantly be able to see, yo, can I be honest? The things that actually appealed to me in year one doesn't appeal to me in year five. And the things that I thought didn't appeal to me in the beginning actually appealed to me now. I remember particularly saying to my husband, we were reading a book about all the things we were doing the premarital work. And one thing was like uh, something about a woman said that she felt feels her most love when her husband makes the bed. And I thought that was the dumbest. I was like, him making the bed is not that serious. Oh, but it is. <laughs> but it is. When I walk out the room and I, for whatever the reason, decided I wanted to get something to drink or something first and then I'll go back to the room. And he made the bed first. I'm talking about... Why don't you go on, on? Like, sir, like, you ain't have to go that hard. Like, what you trying to do, daddy? Like, you understand? Like, that's how it feels. And who would have thunk it? Because year one, that wasn't a thing for me. It was like, okay, if he pulled the sheets and covers back, like, but no, no, no. Now that we got a whole, like, comforter, throw pillow, like, you know, get together situation, there's actually some coordination here. It means something to me when it's like, yo, he thought enough of me. To go ahead and do that. And granted, I, my love language is acts of service. So pretty much anything that you do and it assists and that kind of thing, it speaks to me. But it speaks to me more when it's household because I understand that the average man is not detail oriented. The average man. That's just the way that God made men. 
I'm going out there to get that particular pasta sauce. I'm coming back for the pasta sauce. I say I'm going out for pasta sauce. I come back with a whole shopping cart. Then I have to call him to the car to help me with the groceries because I saw a sale for something that we can eat next week. We are, to we are totally different. So when you come out of yourself enough to say, I want to be a part of the details that matter to her, bruh, it's amazing. The older and wiser that I get, I pay attention to the things that people do that are outside of them that they didn't have to do. The coworker that's like, yo, I got your lunch today. You're like, really? And we make the same amount. <laughs> like, you just, like, that's kind of dope. I appreciate you. Like, you know, it's not like you CEO in it and you can, like, that's pretty dope. The person that calls and is just like, hey, I'm checking on you. Really? And I don't even be checking on you the way I should. I do apologize. But you just made me want to up my friendship game. Like, I ain't going to hold you. The people who come out of themselves to see about you are the people that you need to make sure you do better with. It's just point blank in a period. And let that mean what it means to you because uh, the Holy Spirit told me to tell you that because I was going a completely different way. But what I noticed is, again, it's not just about, oh, I want to get married. It's not about, oh, I want to go have a baby. You want a baby? You want a baby? Sir, ma'am, it is way more than putting the name together that you wrote together, I cliche with the accent over the E. Listen, it's way more than naming and baby shopping and, oh, he going to have braids and then I'm going to get him, you know, the studs in his ear. He going to be looking, he going to look like just like you, but with your eyes and my nose. And what you don't understand is that you need to have discernment in parenthood. You have a responsibility to see and discern for this child, what do I need to uproot from you? What do I need to make sure that I don't suppress in you? What do I need to shape further and kind of pour more into? And what do I need to shave so that you do not take that with you in the world? You absolutely have a responsibility as a parent to say, God, what do I need to infuse this child with so that they will go ahead and be the person that you deem them to be when they become adults? You are being responsible for the next generation to come. That is a huge responsibility. It is not hurry up and get 18 and I'm done. It is now I have to parent you differently because how I parent you when you were younger to 17 was a little bit whatever. Now that you're going 18 or that, you are still making sure that I parent you. But all I'm doing now is directing you in the way that God says that you should go. That is way different then I want my baby to have dimples. You, that's what you, that's why so many people get in parenthood and they're like, I can't take this. I want to drop this baby off. I want to put this baby in, in boarding school. I want to, oh, where's that same energy that you wanted to have a baby and you wanted all these other different things. What happened to like, mm, God, I can't wait till you give me another car. Really? And now that you see that the putt putt that you had, it actually was way better on gas than this new car that you have because now you need an oil change and it costs way more. Now you have to go ahead and get this car wash situation. Now you sweating a little bit more because you're like, bro, it's so many crevices in here now the gas that you used to um budgeting for no no you need to go ahead and open up that budget oh it's a difference when you get an upgrade that you prayed for oh you want to be a homeowner 
Cool. Absolutely. Listen, um, please put some time aside to make sure that your square footage is clean. Please put some time aside to go ahead and make sure that you have funds for maintenance and other things that are needed. Do understand that you're not going to be walking around wanting to hear your echo all the time. So there's some money and wanting to, you know, put some decor there. Uh, please understand that there's going to be some lawn service. Either you're doing it yourself or you're, at, you're paying for it or you're asking someone to go ahead and assist. Uh, but you're going to have to maintain. There's so much more to maintain now that you have this particular new blessing but please remember you prayed for this I literally think that people think oh when I get that particular amount of money then I'm gonna go ahead and everything's gonna be fine blah 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 not if you didn't also play pray for the wisdom to have financial literacy it's not about having money it's about having a mindset that will always keep you wealthy do you know what to do with money or do you want this money because you want to buy all these other tangible items that you do not have in your current state? And so you just feel like once I get the money, I just want a car and I want that. And then I'm just going to be good and blah, blah, blah. No, because now you still are managing money the way that you would have, except that you're buying something and you already figured out the hard part of, I don't want continual reoccurring bills. That's cute. But did you learn anything else that will continue the wealth? Did you learn about investments? Did you learn of like, what are you still going to have to work once you get, how long are you still going to have to work? There's just certain things that it's like, yo, can I ask you something? What you're praying for? Are you building the muscle so that once it's received, it's not a burden? Yo, I literally saw an interview with 50 Cent with him admitting that he bought Mike Tyson's first mansion. And he said, literally on the show, I don't want a big house anymore. And to the average person, that probably be like, what, buddy, I want your problems. <laughs> Very much give me all your problems, sir, because I will never utter the words. The words will never come out of my mouth. Like, like I'm telling you now. And when the interviewer asked him, like, why? He said, yo, when you look down the hall and it, it of your house and it looks so far away and you start being like, I don't care what's going on over there. I'm just, I'm not. He said things were breaking. Because he wasn't in those areas enough to see that it was actually having some wear and tear. That light bulbs were going out. That things were dripping. He said after a while, he was just like, I don't need all that. And I was like, yo, you know what? Real talk, I understand it. Oh, it's easier to feel like you on the couch and you don't feel like going in the kitchen when you're in your apartment. It's way different when you feel like, bro, I am downstairs. I'm not going back upstairs unless I absolutely have to. I couldn't imagine having to look down the hall. What does that look like to clean? How do you know whether or not you don't have roaches and ants on that side of the house? Like there is a level of stewardship that is required for the upcoming blessing that the person that you are now, you cannot remain who you are in order to sustain what God has you going. There is no such thing. You cannot remain. That's like the, the fifth grader saying, man, I can't wait for high school. Ma'am, you have no idea. Yo, it's calculus and algebra in them streets, in them high school streets. So if you can't wait to high school, I'm going to need you to be a good student now. I'm going to need you to build the muscle of wanting to study now. I'm going to need you to do some things now that's going to make high school a little bit easier for you. Because what you don't understand about high school is not only are you experiencing newness in education, you experience the newness in your body and your mind uh, amongst your peers. People are going to be doing butt stuff. And then you, if you try not to do butt stuff, there's this thing called peer pressure. That's like super duper a lot when it comes to high school oh but baby <laughs> you prayed for this 
And I wanted to really dissect the fact that we don't really actually take the time out to realize, yo, I prayed for this. I prayed for this man. I prayed for this woman. I prayed for this job. I prayed for this house. I prayed for these puppies. I prayed for these babies. I prayed to have this level of success. I prayed for it. What you really need to do is be a hundred when it comes to prayer. God, I am asking you for something that I never even received or have been in good company of. I don't know what it is to be a wife yet, but I pray that you give me a husband that I don't have have to come too far out of myself to actually be what I need to be for not only myself but for him because I want to be a good steward and covenant so God I'm asking you in the mighty name of Jesus to give me a marriage that always feels like the wedding because what you don't want is to feel like after the ceremony it feels like the cemetery yeah that's not what you want father God I want home ownership but I'm praying that you never give me something that that I want something that actually goes up in value. I want you to give me something that I will always be able to afford. I want something that every time I pull up in, in the driveway, this is the reason why I work hard. This is the fruits of my labor. Like I actually love where I live. It actually gives me that feeling of home. I'm actually putting my foot in the real estate market just because I decided to do something that I've never had before. But what I don't want is to get into something, the AC or something happens, and then I'm looking around because I didn't have this issue when I was in an apartment. I didn't have this issue when I was a roommate. And so now that I have actually adapted some land and become my own landlord, God, I need you to show me how to do this so that I am not burdened by the blessing you gave me. God, I want to be a parent, but you're going to have to go ahead and give me everything that I need to go ahead and make sure that this baby is not <laughs> affected by what I don't have. Because would you know something, sidebar? Nine times out of ten, the things that you need to give your particular child, you never had yourself. You literally are going to be tasked with giving a child something that no one else gave you. Because either you didn't require that, or the person who was raising you didn't discern that you needed that for your future. O-M-G. You talk about film like, bro, I am learning as I'm raising you because this is all new. They called this talking back when I was younger and I got hit for it. And I'm actually sitting you through, letting you talk through your emotions. This is weird for me. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I, I'm starting to feel the itch of because I said so. And I'm realizing that that's not... That's not really what you need. You actually are the child that needs to express how you feel. You actually are the child that needs to understand the why. And while sometimes, just like with God, you're not always going to understand the why, it, it may sound like not because I said so, because I'm asking you to. Because God doesn't give us the because I said so. He says obedience is better than sacrifice. I put before you life and death. Choose life. He gives us a choice, but he also gives us the answer. And he doesn't always explain why he's doing something. He just says, Jonah, I'm asking you to go to Nivea. I ain't going to tell you why I need you to go, how I need you to go. Abram, I'm asking you to keep walking until I say stop. I'm going to take you somewhere. It's going to be dope. Just trust me. So if God doesn't give details, 
I'm not always going to feel prompted to tell you details, but I do want to sharpen the part of you that understands because someone who cares about you and knows your future and knows more than you is asking you to do something. I need you to go ahead. And if you discern that this is a trustworthy person, AKA your parents and nobody else, uh, I need you to go ahead and do it because after parenthood comes um, servanthood, the way that you listen to your parents, the way that you yield as a parent, that means that you're eventually going to move out the way so that your children can hear God instead of going to you. Oh, that's way different than when's your due date, right? And so when I thought about it, I thought about the Israelites. I said, bruh, this is out. Like, to watch this in real time with the mindset and perspective that I currently have, I'm like, yo, I, I yeah, I can see that why God was getting frustrated but then I also also can see that in me I need to do some stuff different I want to read Exodus 3 and we you know I read from the NLT version the only verse I want to read from Exodus 3 is actually I'm gonna go ahead and read from verse 7 so Exodus 3 7 this is when God is talking to, to um, Moses this is like the burning bush situation so 7 then the Lord told him I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. Eight. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile land and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jezebelites now live. Nine. Look. The cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. 10. Now go. From sending you to Pharaoh, you must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. So Exodus 3, God is basically like, okay, all right, I heard y'all. No, 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 I get it. Like, I'm not sitting here. I definitely know what's going on. I definitely know what your supervisor is doing. I definitely know what your parents are or are not doing. I definitely see it. And so now just give me a minute to go ahead and convince, oh boy, because um, a part of God's plan involves people and he needs, he has the hard job of getting people on board with his plan. That is difficult. So while y'all crying and, and praying still, he still got to convince Moses, like, listen, Take your brother, Aaron. Like, it's so much going on. I'm, listen, I'm trying to get, I couldn't be God. God bless him. God bless himself, okay? Because that's a lot. Trying to answer some people and trying to convince you at the same time. Y'all all frustrating me. This is what we're getting ready to do. And I'm so glad that I don't have to sit on the throne because I'm, it's a hard job, but God got to do it. <laughs> you understand? That's how we just going to work. And then I wanted to go, so that was Exodus 3. So then I wanted to go a couple of chapters down to Exodus 14. Now, mind you, in between this time, God did all the plagues. Showed all the ways he's not playing with folks. When it comes to his people, you better stop playing when it comes to his babies. You understand? It's exactly what he was given. And so, but then something happened in Exodus 14. I want to read verse 5 once Pharaoh actually was like, all right, I'm going to let them go. When word reached the king of Egypt that the Israelites had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. What have we done? Letting all those Israelite slaves get away, they asked. Six. So Pharaoh harnessed his chariot and called up his troops. Seven, he took with him 600 of Egypt's best chariots along with the rest of the chariots of Egypt, each with his commander. Eight, the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, so he chased after the people of Israel who had left with their fists raised in defiance. Nine, 
The Egyptians chased after them with all the forces in Pharaoh's army, all the horses and chariots and charioteers and his troops. The Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as they were camped beside the shore of whatever that word is, Piharioth, across from Belzephon. 10. As Pharaoh approached the people of Israel, looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough grace for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? 12. Did, did we tell you this would have happened while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a course in the wilderness. 13. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. 14. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people, get moving. <laughs> first of all, pause. Um, God, listen, my, my first language is sarcasm. I read it. Yes, I did. Because you were like, okay. And like... <laughs> that's why that's why I get my wit from I get it from my daddy I ain't gonna hold you um but you know what this read to me what do you mean you said leave us alone let us be slaves to the Egyptians it's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness when did you say it was better to be slaves like uh-uh that's what you were saying for 400 years when you was being mistreated uh-uh that's what you were saying when you were in the sun and getting all that you was getting uh-uh is that what you were saying when Pharaoh was like now I want you to build the brick with no straw uh-uh that's not what you were saying you mean to tell me that God went through all this of like yo I heard them so I'm coming down to make sure the situation is straight um you think he did all that on the strength of you saying i'm good being a slave no what happens is you realize that what you prayed for you weren't equipped for oh i thought we was just gonna stop being slaves and like be all right and we were still gonna like you know have the freedoms and eat like only thing i wanted him to change was not being a slave no 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 no, no. now <laughs> now what you have to um learn is how to fight now what you have to learn is how to maintain the promised land. Now what you have to learn is actually believing that God's going to come through if he led you this way. Not all, but the problem is, is that the blessing requires for you to adopt new mindsets, new muscles, and new skills that you didn't have when you were praying for it. The patience that you have now times 10 when you have children, please times more when you have uh, a spouse yeah the patience that you have as an employee you're gonna have to strengthen that when you want to be in leadership oh the tenacity and the way that you handle money and all the things in your apartment you're gonna need a little bit more than that when you have um, home ownership and then when you actually start you know learning wealth and things of that nature the problem is the Israelites looked and was like, yo, we were not built for this. So you know what you're, they were essentially saying? It was easier to be a slave. And although it was uncomfortable and I wasn't being used to my full potential and the plan that God has for me, I know that it wasn't being served there, but it was easy. That's why the world says if it was easy, everybody would do it. Because I think everybody 
in a certain way is looking for the, not the path less traveled, but the path um, that doesn't require a lot of growth. Oh, it was easier to be single. That's why people are rushing to the court to have them go ahead and separate some, some covenants. No, it wasn't that it was easier to be single. Uh, you just have not developed the muscle that requires for you to grow with a person and grow within your own person. And so you like, yo, I haven't had to do all these, this growth since like, I don't know. And so you looked at the person that you have to become versus the person that you're okay with being. And you chose the one that requires, uh, less intensity. Oh, okay. But what you don't understand is that you, you effortlessly change for anyone. Yeah, you do. You, you know how I know? Because when you go to a job and they say, listen, we changing over and we got to do our processes this way, you got to change. When they say, listen, this is uh, the attire at this job, whether you dress that way outside of your job, you change. Whether they said, listen, this is the, um, we're moving to a new building, so this is where you're going to go. Oh, you change. Um, you're not, well, I'm used to my commute being this. You change. So you adapt and you change for people who pay you, for people who um, may even have any something to do with your next step in your career real ladder, maybe someone who can network. But the reality is that you're going to have to really be just, just admit to yourself, you change for what you deem valuable. And then the sad part is, is that the people you're changing for are not even going to be in your life for the next 10, 20 years. So you're changing for people that don't really have no real impact on your life long-term but you won't change in a relationship that God put together. You won't change in a friendship that is an iron shop. It's iron situation. You won't change your parenting style because my parents did it to me and I came out this way. You won't change that for someone who's going to literally be a part of your bloodline forever. Like you don't want to adjust a little bit for like how you like you sure. Everybody's trying to escape the change. And nobody's trying to identify what is the change that's going to sustain the blessing that I'm praying for. What am I trying to say, grandbaby? My challenge, obviously. The very thing that you're praying for, are you also praying for the muscle, the insight, and the discernment needed to sustain that when you get there? I have come to the realization I want success, but I don't want it at a point that I'm exhausted. I don't want it at the point that I have an overcompacted, complicated schedule. I'm not interested in missing a whole bunch of family time, holidays, E or the above. There's just a certain lifestyle that I want. And so I had to not only get clear with God, but to get clear with myself. When you're praying for these things, how do you want them to look? And so I was like, okay, now when I start praying for stuff going forward, I'm going to say, God, give me the muscle for the things that I'm praying for, but also Give me what I'm praying for to the capacity that I will still feel is a blessing. The reason why I didn't get a 15-bedroom house is because I know that I'm not going to be able to clean all that. And I don't like strangers in my house. So I'm not going to pay nobody to clean that. So it's just certain things that I know about myself. I know enough about myself to know what wouldn't be a blessing to me. 
I'm along the way, just like the people who literally like you have to be real with yourself and you have to ask, would I be okay if I married someone who was in the service and they get deployed at any given time, blah, 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 blah. Like you have to really specify and be aware of what your absolutes and what you're not built for so that you don't waste anyone else's time and that you don't adopt the blessing that's really being registered as a burden in your soul. Please be brave enough to pray. Be authentic enough to align yourself to what you're praying for. And be real enough with God to discern what do I need to be for what I'm praying for? What do I need to become so that I will still feel like this is a blessing once it's here? Money doesn't make the situation go away. A relationship doesn't make that pain go away. Whatever you think is going to be the ambassador to whatever you're feeling right now is not the answer. It is, do you realize once you get there, that's where the work begins. So you might as well be in training in the meantime. You prayed for this. You prayed for this. Don't be, a, don't be an Israelite in Egypt, okay? Oh, didn't I say it was better? No, you didn't. Shut up. We just read it. You was, you was crying. 400 years. Come on, like, be real. 400 years, you said that was the best thing that you ever had? Come on, like, I don't even want to hear it. Like, I, I can go on about that because I feel some type of way because I don't like when people play with my intelligence, and I just read. So, like, don't play me. I'm surprised God didn't get wittier, but, like, that's why he was like, why y'all crying to me? Tell the people get moving. Like, I don't want to. Button up your shirt. Wipe your nose. Like, you understand? That's how I feel like God was, and I get it. But anyway, listen, Um, because I'm starting to ramble. Uh, I feel like you got what you needed. Mm-hmm. You know what these conversations are, right? Of course you do. Uh, life conversations, life-provoking conversations, conversations that not everybody's going to have with you, but who? Your favorite homegirl. Um, why were you created? No, this is a serious question. Why were you created? What am I getting ready to say? To multiply. So that's the website you should be on www.created2multiply.com to see all the things that are happening, all the ways that I am creating to multiply, all the ways that I'm being obedient, and now going forward, all the ways that I am praying to sustain whatever God put in my heart so that it is never overwhelming me, but rather just wowing me. And that is my prayer in the name of Jesus, okay? Um, but I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. We talk later, okay? Later.